Good morning, good morning. Glad to have everybody here today on this Thursday. We have a special time of devotional, of being encouraged in the Lord. So I just wanted to share a little something with you. I am Ben Barrow. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and it's an honor to be able to share with you all today. Hope everybody's doing well and staying safe out there and trying to just be wise in the circumstances that we are in. So I just wanted to get into the word, but first, obviously, want to pray before we do that. So we're just going to open up in prayer in Jesus name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this special time. We thank you for your love that pours over us, Lord, that it just flows and flows, Lord, and our cup runneth over, Lord, even in these moments, Lord, even in these situations, Lord, where we're not sure what's going on, Lord, but we know that we're sure of your goodness. We're sure of your love and your promises, Lord, and that you are faithful, Lord. We just pray today that you will speak to us in this word, that it will speak life to someone, Lord, that really needs it today, that is tuned in for the first time, or someone that's tuned in, Lord, for the 50th time. We just ask, Lord, that they would just be blessed by every person that comes across this word, that your word will speak life to them. Let us decrease, Lord, as you may increase, Lord, and let the words of my mouth today, Lord, and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to ask some questions starting out, just some thoughts that I have here. Have you ever gone somewhere, let me ask you this, looking for one thing, and you ended up with something totally different, something totally unexpected? Think about that. Second question is, have you uh, many times been going through the same routine and every single day it's kind of like that during this pandemic been going through the same routine every single day well, we're going to talk about somebody today that went through the same routine often and it was a Samaritan woman some of y'all know the story some may not but it's in the Bible and the New Testament and the Gospels in John chapter 4 and Jesus is going to be there speaking with the woman. So let's go to John chapter 4, starting in verse 1. So the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. Verse 3, when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Listen, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired or weary as he was from the journey, he sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which they'd say would be about noon, noontime. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy some food, so they weren't there currently at the time. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. The Samaritan woman, as she said that, Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and we, he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, 
Everyone, everybody who drinks from this well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And she said, Look, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship a father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. So that's uh, one through verse 26. I just want to start out a little bit with telling you about the Jews, about the Samaritans. Really, the Samaritans is what I really want to tell you about is the Samaritans were so-called of a mixed race. They were people that were part Jew and they're also possibly Assyrians. And they were from the northern kingdom and the northern kingdom was taken into captivity uh, during some time during the biblical days and they were taken into captivity in Assyria. Now later I think it was 60 some years later the southern kingdom was taken into captivity in Babylonian in Babylonia and they were there but see the difference between both captivities was when the Samaritans were taken into captivity they intermingled, intermarried with the Assyrians, but the Jews from the southern kingdom, they did not intermarry. Here's some other things that you want to know about the Samaritans. It says also that, uh, let's see, the Jewish people from the south did not intermarry, and the Samaritans accepted the five books of Moses, but they rejected the rest of the Old Testament writings. So that was the difference between them too. And they built their own temple in Mount Gerizim, mixing pagan idolatry with Jewish practices. Josephus, who was a historian, a Jewish historian, records that 24 years, 20 years before Jesus, Samaritans had defied the temple in Jerusalem by scattering human bones in the courtyard during Passover. So great was the hatred that they often had for one another that when the Jews from the southern kingdom were leaving Jerusalem, what they would do is they would leave there and they would go around Samaria to get to Galilee. So Jesus went through Samaria to get to Galilee. So Jesus said, I'm going straight through. So Jesus deliberately in verse four, as you see, as you read, goes through Samaria and comes to the well. And matter of fact, when he gets there, he's tired, he's weary, and he has no jar. Jesus starts out with asking the woman a question 
And when he asked her this question, that question changed her life forever. She immediately looks at this conversation, seeing, as you hear the background on this whole story, that it isn't supposed to happen. Really, he's not even supposed to be talking to a Samaritan, but especially not a Samaritan woman. And so furthermore, even giving him water, that's definitely taking it to the extreme. So she wondered, how can you ask me for a drink? Verse 9, they spoke of that. A Jew speaking to a Samaritan and a woman at that? The woman he's speaking with is thinking and talking from the carnal perspective. She's looking, you know, at the different backgrounds, different culture, and, you know, the beliefs and saying, how can this be that this man is, is talking to me? But see, God wants to enter in a relationship with every person that's out there, everyone. Jesus has no barriers. He will minister to each and every one of us if we let him. It doesn't matter if you're Samaritan, if you're a Jew, if you're a Roman, you're an Egyptian. It doesn't matter that God will speak to you. He'll speak to black, white, Hispanic. He'll even speak to those that are Democrats, Republicans, independents. Yeah, I even went there. That God wants to speak to us and he wants to change us from within. That our title is really going to be a follower of Christ when it comes down to it. He speaks to atheists, agnostics, brings people to Christ. Many great theologians were out there. Some of them were even at points where they were atheists. Jesus was there at the well, but here's the thing. He's the well, the well that never runs dry. She didn't know that God wanted to fill her cup till it runs over. Jesus had the gift, and he was the gift from God. Salvation is found in nobody else but Jesus. In verse 10, you can see, he said that he had the living water, and he is the living water. Jesus is talking to her from a spiritual standpoint. And eventually she starts to get that. We want to talk to God, but sometimes we're not coming from the spirit. We're thinking and hoping that God's doing it in a, in a way that carnally we can understand. The woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Jesus was not the one to be drawn the water, but she was. She said the well was deep. Now, 1935, there were some people that were excavating. They checked out this well and they went there and they cleaned it out. It was about 135 feet deep. And the water is about 75 to 80 percent from the surface of the well. And the well is about seven and a half diameters in size. So that was a pretty nice size well. Here's the thing. God's word, God's love, his well is deeper. His living water goes deeper. Jesus answered. This is verse 13 and 14. Hear this. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus wants to give us eternal life. If you don't know Christ today and you're just tuning in because somebody uh, shared this with you on Facebook or YouTube or somewhere else, you know, you're watching on the church page, allnationschurch.org. God is speaking to you today. He's speaking to you right where you are, right in the middle of your circumstances and he can, he can come and meet you where you are. He met this woman at the well unexpectedly. People would say, no, 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 this is a scenario that really just doesn't seem right. God would do anything. He will flip the script, and he will change things. He will do the unthinkable. So the woman wanted this water, but still wasn't catching it. Jesus then got personal, asking her to go get her husband, which she had none. We know that in verse 16. He knew she had five. And the one she was with, like we said, wasn't even her husband. 
she sees Jesus was a prophet in verse 19. After they talked about where to worship, Jesus made it clear that worshiping is not in a place. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants us to worship him, that God is looking for those out there. And I want to read that part to you again. He said, a time is coming in verse 21 when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. That basically those places don't they're not going to matter in the end. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come. When the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. God is looking for people that will worship him in spirit and truth. He wants us not to worship in falsehood and carnality. He wants us to worship in spirit and in truth. And in order to do that, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the love of God. And I think about truth, and Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, if you think about the Scripture and from that standpoint. Also, it's worshiping the Lord and not a building or a temple. Right now, we're in a situation where we're looking at and we're saying, man, we can't really congregate, or maybe we can. And some people are coming, some people are going. I've been talking to other ministers, and they say, yeah, yeah, some folks are coming, not a lot. Um, we do 50% capacity right now. But some people are still watching online. But God is present with you right then and right there where you're at, even watching this today. So at some point, yes, we will all come back together. We will be together as the body of Christ. It talks about never forsake the assembly of the brethren and fellowship and amongst one another. But how about during the global pandemic. I mean, we're all right where we are worshiping God. Sometimes we just got to remember that the focus should not be on what we're in the middle of, but really the circumstance that we're facing is in God's hands and that God is in control of all of it. And so she brings up the Messiah and he finally says to her, okay, the Messiah, the one you're speaking with, I'm he. And so he basically just blew her mind. It clicked within her and bam, disciples arrived right when they came up. They didn't ask, but it says, you know, when they came up, they didn't see, say anything like, you know, why is he talking to this woman? You know, what's going on here? But they came, she left, fast forwarding. Uh, she went to the town and she spoke with people about Jesus. And in verse 39, if you jump down, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. This woman left her jar at the well. She no longer cared about getting this water so she could quench her thirst. But found out about an unquenchable thirst, eternal life. So she decided to drop whatever she had and run and tell everybody she knew. We got to tell people about the love of Jesus. We got to continue to share the love of Christ in everything that we do. And... When she was at that well, she found the well. Jesus is the well. He is the spring welling up from eternal life in our lives. She encountered the Lord. She needed to give herself over to God and not, not where she thought she should be. And, you know, she was living a lifestyle that, you know, really wasn't according to what God intended for her. And God even spoke to her on that through, his Lord, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So I love how God wants to be intimate with us he wants to be close to us and he wants to sit down with us converse with us if you think well you know god's this or god's that you know or you think about jesus and you say who was he really and then you start thinking all about culture and background 
it's definitely stuff that I think is special, very special. But Jesus, he's the son of God. He came for all of us. He gave his life for all of us. So how can this woman here go through this and think about this and this struggle? And as she's thinking about it, she's wondering all about these things. And in the very end, she left that jar. She came back to those people and she told them, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him in verse 40, they urged him to stay with them. They saw the authenticity of, I guess, the prophet or the preacher, the Messiah. Jesus came. He was real. He was genuine. He gave it all for these people with love when they could have said, aren't you Jewish? Aren't you a Jew? But Jesus came there. He stayed with them two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And then the folks said in verse 42, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So here's the thing. Jesus came, met the woman where she was at. She was in a situation that was a regular routine. But who knows how long she'd been praying and seeking God. And even though she was in a place and a lifestyle that maybe wasn't what God had for her, that you need to know that God will meet you right where you are. He'll pull you up from the ashes and he'll change your life completely. He'll turn your life around, whatever it is that you've been through. He's delivered me from crazy things that even when I tell a story, sometimes people will say, what? But God does that. He takes people that are broken and that are messed up and he uses them and he wants to fill us up with his love. He wants our cup to run over. So Jesus even spoke about the good Samaritan before that a Samaritan helped somebody on the side of the road that had been beaten and robbed. And that was the one that helped him. When other people passed by, they didn't help him. But the Samaritan did. Also, he talks about Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and preach the gospel, reaching everybody all to the world, to the ends of the earth. And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 28. He says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, he wants us to get out and share his love. One time, I'll just tell a quick story. Me and my father were in a place. It was in 2003, probably about April. And we are in the backyard, and my dad was getting ready to retire in 2004 he'd done 36 years working working with the u.s government and he was in a place a crossroads like what's next god what are you doing next in my life and i was back there with them and we were just encouraging each other and i was in a place where i had gotten an associate's degree in 2003 but i was like wondering do i need to move on and get my bachelor's and so we need to stay close and draw close to the Lord. As me and my dad converse and encourage one another in the Lord, and you could think even about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Who knows what happened in her life after that, how amazing her life was from those days on and all the people that were reached and the testimony of her speaking. That's another sermon right there for you that share your testimony with people. Be vocal for God in love. But just think about coming together with the body of believers and fellowship. And it doesn't mean 30, 40, 50, 100 people. It can be you and a family member, you and your father or your mother, and y'all can encourage one another. So that's what me and my dad did with one another as we were talking. 
And it grew our father and son relationship. When I was a teenager, I was uh, pretty disrespectful, pretty out there kid, really messing up. But when I came to this place with my dad, we had already grown into a stronger relationship because I gave my life to Christ in 1997. But my dad, he retired. And he came over and he tried out the Bible college. I kept going to Bible college, said, try out, maybe audit a class. And he did one. Next thing you know, he's a regular student there. And then he gets a degree and he gets ordained by his mentor in the ministry. And it was just amazing. And then in 2008, both of us end up graduating together from the Bible college. So it's like God can mend things. God can change things in the craziest ways. God will turn things upside down because he loves us and do things that are great. So I just want to pray with you today. If you're here and you're listening to this story and kind of feel like the Samaritan woman at the well, you feel like when's God going to show up? I'm struggling. I'm going through the same thing over and over. I'm going through the same sin over and over. God will meet you where you're at. So receive the living water today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this day and the fellowship that we've had, Lord, even over the Internet, through technology. I pray, Lord, that whoever is here today listening, they will feel the goodness of the Lord, to know that, Lord, your goodness and your mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Lord, I'm praying for whoever feels dry and weary. They feel they're in a desert place. They feel tired, but please help them to remember today. When Jesus came to that well, he was weary for us. He was weary for our lives that he wanted to see us change. And Lord, he could have bypassed Samaria like everybody else and did the norm. But instead, he went ahead and did what he felt led to do. God led him. He only did what the Father told him to do. So he went there, and just imagine how many thousands of lives were changed. Lord, help us to be led by your Spirit, by the example that Jesus has given, that don't when the moments come, real talk that we feel like, oh, I just don't know. You know. I'm not of that culture. I'm not of that background. I don't know if I can talk to that person. I don't know if I can speak into this situation. You know what? Step out in faith with the love of Jesus and just be who you are. Just be the person that God's called you to be. Let God use you. Let God use you as a light in every circumstance that you're in. We just thank you, God, for this word. Lord, thank you for the ministry. Thank you for allowing us to share the gospel. Thank you for loving us, Lord, that we're such a mess without you, God. We can't do it without you. So let your spirit, Lord, just work among us today. And if somebody is lost today and they have not found you, I pray that they will call upon you, Lord, and they will be saved. You say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want us to repent, turn from our sins, Lord, turn to you, confess and believe, Lord, that your son, Jesus, died and rose from the grave for our sins. It's that simple. So I pray, Lord, that testimonies, Lord, will come from this story about the Samaritan woman. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you're doing and how you're doing it, Lord. And even in the midst of this pandemic, Lord, you're still sovereign. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.